Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Impact the World, where my guest is Brandon Beecham. I have to say this is probably one of my all-time favorite episodes that we've done so far. A couple of different reasons. I love Brandon's energy and have done since I first met him a few years ago, and all of the different things that he has accomplished in his life. The way he has been a serial entrepreneur since childhood, but is so passionate about spirituality. And that's what led him to create the Positive Head podcast, which at one time is, is doing five episodes a week. It's an enormous amount of output, but it really fits with who Brandon is energetically. And also because he's incredibly passionate about abundance and generosity and the fact that we have to share with each other what we can when we can. So we'll hear a little bit about his podcast and his new book, the Golden Key, which he is also sharing in a really interesting way. So you'll hear us refer to that and you can get your copy of The Golden Key if you go to goldenkey.gift and use the code IMPACTTHEWORLD2021, you will be able to get your copy of the book. And we will put all of this in the show notes. And as ever, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe or leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us reach more people. Enjoy the show. Brandon, brother Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show today. Such a pleasure to be here, especially with you. So thank you for having me. Well, I thought I'd start by maybe just sharing with our viewers and listeners how you and I met. So it was at the Conscious um, Media Festival in Austin, mm -hmm. which now seems along, you know, in these post-COVID times, when we were all at live events, seems like a whole other world. But I remember that you, I was presenting there, and then I got to see you on a panel um, for podcasts. And I loved the way that you spoke about the creation and curation of your podcast. And I came up to speak to you at the end and we connected. And then I asked you to come and speak at my Impact the World training event in San Diego in 2018 to really share about what does it take to create a good podcast. But one of the things I've always loved about you, Brandon, is your kinetic energy. I told you that when we, when we met. You've got like this electrical current running through you. And, uh, and I always enjoy being around that and being, being in your energy field for that reason. It's, it's very inspiring and it's lovely. Well, that is such a pleasant way for you to call me a spaz, Lee. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Not at all. I, Not at all. I know, I know. I, I, I appreciate that. It's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I always think of my, my father. He'll say, you know, when you were little, I would try and, you know, hold you on my knee. And it was like, you weren't having it. You had stuff to do, places to go, people to see, you know. So I've always sort of, uh, for better or for worse, had a lot of energy sort of flowing through me. 
Yeah, and your son, who I got to meet a couple of years back, is just lovely, and he is so zen and calm. So seeing the two of you together is just brilliant. You're you're just the opposite. I, I don't know where he came from either, because I don't know if I've ever told you the story about his mother, but how he arrived, I I will never know. She is extremely intense. We're sort of yin and yang, and um, yeah, it's, I mean that's a whole story. I don't know if you know I would go into that. You would want me to go into that, but there's there's some. We're definitely like light and dark, like you know extremes of it, and he's somehow like perfectly in the middle, and just is balanced in zen. I, I constantly wonder where he came from. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit, Brandon, because I know you have this. Not only do you have this great new book called The Golden Key, but I also want to talk to you about the way that you are bringing it to the world because it's very progressive. So we'll we'll get there in a minute. But you know, you've you you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur since you were young, mm-hmm. and I know that you you've had multiple different companies and projects going. But perhaps we could start with how because. Positive Head Podcast is one of the things you're most widely known for, and it's it's been hugely successful over the years. But how did spirituality first find you? Because you now are such an advocate of spiritual Mm. media. So I'm curious, how did it first show up in your life? That's a wonderful question. So I was raised um, currently in Los Angeles, as you know, and uh, but I was raised in Virginia, very conservative Christian household. And around 21 or so, I met a woman who claimed to have some intuitive abilities, some psychic ability. And I saw her do a few things that really had me puzzled in a good way. And I started to explore beyond what I was raised to believe at that time and, you know, reading books. And this is the late 90s. So mid to late 90s. And so I started reading and it was just I can only think, Lee, because it's my dharmic path, that as soon as I started reading this material and things like Conversations with God, and I think The Celestine Prophecy was one of the first books that I read, and those are a couple of the very first ones, I was just like, oh my goodness, how is everyone not, of course this is how it's structured, of course it's all one, it's so obvious now, how, you know, and I was just so in my kinetic way lit up about it and excited about it. And I would talk to anyone who would listen until, you know, either they, you know, said to themselves, mumbled to themselves, well, he's crazy, or that's interesting and went about their daily lives. You know, at the time, the community that were, at least for me, there was no community around. There were some authors who I didn't know, had no access to. And, um, Yeah. So I I just, you know, from there, it just never stopped. So it's one thing to sort of understand the stuff theoretically, as you know, it's another thing to actually apply the, these concepts in a way that really you're walking the talk. Right. And so that's really what the golden key was about. I I started with, you know, uh, as you mentioned, serial entrepreneur my whole life, you know, how do I make more money and, you know, all those things to having my first uh, success entrepreneurially, you know, in the uh, 2010 to 2015 time frame, a company that sort of took off like a rocket ship, and then saying, "Okay, this is great and all." However, I'm, you know, m- my highest excitement is talking about consciousness and the ultimate nature of reality, and and exploring that. And that's when I decided I need to find an outlet so my poor friends and family's ears can stop bleeding. And uh, that's when I launched the Positive Head Podcast, and that's been going, you know, almost six years. Uh, and 
you know, the golden key, what, what's great about the golden key, I, I'm, I'm definitely verbose, <laughs> you know, 1400 or so episodes of Positive Head. Um, and the golden key, the idea with it was, uh, it, you know, first off, it came, the idea came in a, in a dream in sort of dramatic fashion and in, in the unique way that I'm distributing it. And then um, also what I was so excited about was like, okay, I can, I can, you know, distill down 25 years now of, you know, deep exploration of these topics uh, into, you know, something that is concise and can be, you know, listened to in three hours if you listen to the audiobook or, or read, you know, 100 pages. So that's, that's what I did. And now I feel like, okay, I could leave tomorrow. I don't have any intentions to leave the planet tomorrow. But if I did, here's, you know, Brandon's 100 pages on what, what the heck's going on down here. So um, it feels really good to just have left that mark, as you know. That's a beautiful, because it's funny, I've had a couple of moments like that myself in the last few years where you realize whatever dream or vision it was that you had and that you've been perhaps not not just even working towards for all the years, but becoming, like you're becoming the thing that you are going to leave a, an imprint of. I, I've had those moments and it's, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of things, like on the one hand, it's like, oh, wow, great, I've done it. I could, I could go tomorrow and then it actually opens up a whole new journey because you kind of achieved level one or level two or level three. And it's like, oh, I haven't even thought about level four yet. Right, right. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very gratifying to know you at least didn't end the game still on level one. <laughs> right. And you made it past. I always compare even actually that's one of the things I talk about in the, in the book is this. Uh, this idea that we are in a um, simulation. And I don't know if you've heard simulation argument by Nick Bostrom, who, you know, kind of broke this whole thing down in the early 2000s and really rattled people with that idea. And now it's become somewhat, you know, you have people like Elon Musk saying, oh, it's one in a billion chance that we are in a base level reality and not a simulation. And, um, but uh, I, I always think in terms of I love games and gamifying things. And it's like, well, we're sort of in a in, in our own personal video game, it feels like. And so it feels good to know at least when I leave, I pass some levels. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, as a channeler, I've heard my guide say a lot of things over the years. And one of the repeating themes that they've talked about, especially in the last decade, is they have said that um, the concept of karma, which my understanding of karma 20, 25 years ago was, you come back to learn lessons. And, you know, the, the heavy way of looking at that is you're cleaning up your act or you're being yep. punished. The lighter way of looking at that is, oh, you're here to explore these lessons and learn from them. But one of the things my guys have said is that this era that we're in now, the amount of lifetimes you can live in one life is exponentially more than it would have been 100, 200, 300 years ago because of the rate of consciousness. So they said, once you've kind of achieved those first few levels or those first few learnings of your life, you get the chance to create new. And to me, my own experience, I'm like, oh, that's why you can feel like you live many lifetimes in one. You know, it's right, not just right. the aging process or the change of the collective as you live 80 years that kind of does that. It's also that we as souls, as we kind of tick the boxes, if you like, and, and move through it, we actually then, while still in the body, get to re-up what's next, which I find really fascinating. And I, and I feel and see the evidence of that all the time. Have you seen the movie Waking Life by Richard Linklater? 
No, but I remember it coming out years ago. And it, I remember it's, it getting, I'm a, I'm a movie buff and it got great reviews, right? It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, and, and even the way it was filmed, it was, it was uh, filmed with a normal camera, I suppose, but then they sort of animated animated over it so it's this hybrid of animation and you know film and and it's it's basically a guy's journey and an out-of-body experience and astral projecting and it's very philosophical all the characters he's meeting in the astral plane and in the dream state and uh, one of them talks about this idea of the quickening and he talked about you know it took us you know, they say modern man been around, what, two to 300,000 years. Of course, you have people who think much longer than that and advanced civilization, you know, advanced civilizations going way back. But aside from that, you know, just looking at mainstream science, two to 300,000 years, and we primarily, you could have went, jumped 100,000 years, and we were still using the same stone axes. And, you know, it was like very little evolution had transpired in long periods of time. And then finally, you know, man makes it to recorded history, you know, 10,000 years or so ago. And, and that took, you know, however long, hundreds of thousands of years. And then from there, the next jump is to the middle ages or dark ages. Well, so 10,000 years ago to, you know, what that's like a 9,000 year gap, right? And so much shorter for a big shift. Then from there to the industrial revolution, you know, from, you know, 1000 AD to, you know, what, 17, 1800s. Um, then you go from there to the current, you know, nuclear age or computer age, much shorter again. So this quickening, this exponential growth, it takes forever for one to go to two, but then two to four and four to eight. And next thing you know, as he puts it in, in very poetic fashion in the movie, the, this character uh, that shows up uh, to the main character in his, his out-of-body state, he's like, there will be evolutions that take place in, in, in an afternoon, you know, what would have been a billion years or something previously. And so that really goes, it's very much in line with what you're, you're perceiving and tapping into. And I'm certainly seeing it on some level, uh, Lee, myself, the amount of, you know, um, even thinning of the veil, I guess you yeah. would say, as someone who's not having experiences necessarily communicating with my guides, um, you know, in a way that I'm, you know, very cognizant of consciously anyway. Um, but the amount of synchronicity and signs, and it's just, I've always had a lot, you know, it's like, um, our mutual friend Everett used to always call me Mr. Synchronicity. You know, that was like my, I'd have a lot of ground in synchronicity, but it's a whole nother level now that yeah. seems to be happening. It's just, even yesterday was just a wild ride here at the Mystic Manor where my friend, uh, John Emerald. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He came by. He he does um, some really interesting energy work. He used to travel with Tony Robbins as his personal uh, energy healer, and he came oh, here. Oh, I did meet him once, not with you. I met him somewhere else. Yeah, because he told great me that guy. story. Great, great guy. And uh, he came by because we're we're uh, putting together some footage for a potential Danish TV show that will happen here at the Mystic Manor, where we bring. Danes over and they get a whole retreat experience and and he so my my friend sissy who it would be the main host who's from there she, he did work on her for 20 minutes just to get some footage and she just like blasted open like contorting every which way hours later in the hot tub we were doing some breath work or something comes right back she's channeling she's you know has to go get on the ground because there's just so much energy passing through her. And it's just like, Oh, another Tuesday at the mystic manor, you know, right. it, it's, it's been just very intense lately. 
well, yeah, but you also live at the Mystic Manor in it, you know. Um, so, okay, so many things I want to pick up on, but we're, we're just going to be going all over the place today. Yeah, I, I, I hope I didn't get too far. Fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're watching or listening, hang on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Mystic Manor. So, I want to come back to the podcast in a minute because I know more people are podcasting and I know there will be people listening or watching who would love to hear more about your podcasting story because you have a really inspiring story. But Mystic Manor. So after a while, Positive Head had done really well. What was the seed moment or vision for Mystic Manor? And for, for the viewers and listeners, um, Everett and his team produced a television show called Optimistic, an internet TV show, um, which you actually launched, we were just saying before this started, right as the COVID lockdown started. So you said it was a tricky time to launch, but I was honored to be one of your many guests. And it was filmed at the Mystic Manor where you would also hold retreats. Uh, people would come in and spend the week there and work with healers. But, you know, the Mystic Manor, of course, was a high energy place in, in Venice here in California because that was the the energy you guys were all holding there all week. So, yeah. yeah, how did it all come about that you you moved towards this TV show? You know, it it's funny because as you, I haven't really thought of that in a long time. And it's another, it's another thing where um, I, I suppose I do receive information oftentimes in the dream state. It was the same kind of thing. My friend Everett, our, our mutual friend Everett. Yes, who's um, lovely, who, who did some camera work with me. Yep, yep. He, uh, you know, him and I had talked about doing some some type of a show for, for, for quite some time. And um, my son one day um, in... Christmas 2018 week, that weird week where you don't know what to do with yourself. Um, my son sh decides to show me a clip of Joe Rogan uh, talking to Billy Corgan. I remember exactly. Billy, oh, wow. Corgan had a, Billy Corgan had a, an experience with a supposed shapeshifter. He's like, I was sober. Here's kind of, He was kind of like weird about it. He didn't want to give too many details. And it was kind of like frightening for him but so my son's like you got to see this check this that story out and but of course all i tapped well i mean the story was great but i also noticed like joe rogan is sitting in front of a brick wall with you know an american flag behind him and his thing's got millions and millions of views as someone who really values aesthetic and vibe and visual you know visual appeal i'm like ah this could be so much cooler looking you know and so that sort of got me in you know and then as synchronicity would have it Everett reached out to me that later that day saying, Hey, I'm back. I've been in over out of the country and I'm back. You want to hang out tonight? So we got together, got into a, that excited state of, wow, let's just do something. Let's, you know, and, and then I, at about five in the morning, went to bed. I woke up with the idea of, Oh, I know how I could put it all together. I can get a place big enough near the LAX airport. So anyone who's not local will probably fly through at some point, makes it 10 minutes away, convenient for them to be on the show and, and record in person uh, because optimistic that the show that is taped in front of a live audience. And um, so the idea was like, oh, I know how I could put it all together and afford to, to fund it all is I will get a place big enough to also host retreats because fans of the Positive Head podcast for years had been saying, when are you going to do some kind of a retreat? So that that was like half asleep, half awake. I literally woke up, Lee, went straight to Craigslist, looked for, you know, five bedrooms plus houses. The first thing I see is this house that looks like a spaceship. 
for, you know, for a pretty extreme amount of money, but I'm like, no, but that's it. That's the one I reach out to the person. He gets back to me later. He goes, how did you get my number? And I'm like, you're on Craigslist. He's like, oh, my assistant must've put it there. But then the assistant went out of the country for the holidays. And here we are talking, ended up really connecting with the owner of the property. Now we're great friends. He was you know, just starting to have his own spiritual, perfectly primed for his own spiritual awakening, which I helped to contribute in some way, shape or form to. And the rest is history. You know, I, I uh, saw the place first on January, January 1st, I came to look at it. Um, you know, that was 2019, 2019, July, 2019, I moved in. We started filming up until COVID hit. And, um, you know, we would have like three weeks on retreats, like the guests would show up on a Monday, one day of some sort of workshops on Tuesday, um, Wednesday, same thing, something different. Um, Thursday, a free day, Friday, I'd spend all day with them. Saturday would be the live taping of Optimistic and, you know, live audience would show up and people like you as the main interviewee and then a musical guest and then a live visionary artist, um, live painting. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we did um, up until till COVID. And that threw obviously a bit of a wrench in my, my giddy up with uh, all of a sudden I can't do retreats. And that's how I'm like, you know, kind of that, that everything is helping to fund the project. So of course, life's what happens when your plans don't work out, kind of put it on hold and figured out other ways to, 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 you know, get through it. And, and now as we slowly begin to emerge out of the COVID chrysalis, I'm uh, looking starting to turn my gaze again. I've gotten this new book out, turn my gaze back to giving some love, attention, and energy to Optimistic again. So, Fantastic. And I know that if you're on my newsletter, we emailed out about the show, I think I think it was around a year ago, right? That the episode yeah, yep. started to come right. out. That's but right. if, you're, if you're new to my work or you just randomly found yourself here and you want to watch the Optimistic shows, I highly recommend them. I mean, it was a wonderful what you guys all created there was fantastic. It was so different. And um, yeah, it was it was a wonderful thing. So where could people find if they wanted to watch the shows now? Sure. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on our website, optimistic.tv. And optimistic is spelled like uh, mystical with a Y, M-Y-S-T-I-C. M-Y-S-T-I-C. We'll put yep. links in the show notes too so that people can find the optimistic show because I'm sure a lot yep. of people would love to check it out. But and, and there's been about four episodes released. We we recorded 17. So once COVID hit, you were one of the ones that we released and then one of the first four. And then we said, okay, you know, so much has shifted with this COVID stuff and uh, let's just put the brakes on this for a minute. And um, yeah, so we'll be releasing the rest of the episodes and then also looking to hopefully do more. So good, good. Oh, I didn't realize only four had been released. Okay, great. Well, let's go back to Positive Head podcast, because when I first met you, that was what you were doing. And um, I really enjoyed coming on the show. And what hit me about the show that I could not believe was how many episodes you guys were (laughs) producing. I was like, what? When you told me (laughs) so, how many episodes have you produced now? I think you're calling me a spaz again now. Um, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm I'm, kidding. <laughs> trust me, if, if we could, if I could bottle you and call it the Brandon drink, I would be drinking it every day. And certainly on the days when I felt like I hadn't got it, I'd be going, I need a Brandon drink, please. 
Um, we'll call it the Beecham. We'll call it the Beecham. Uh, fair, fair enough. I'll we'll, work we'll, on that. We'll, we'll work on, yeah, we'll work on some, uh, some and I have, I have a good I amount of energy, but I look at you and I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, no, so how many episodes did you, are, you, are you up to? I know you've had, I think, around 10 million downloads or more of the, of the show. We, fifth, we just crossed 15 million downloads. Wow, okay. And I want to say we're right around, I could probably look it up, but I think we are at about 1,400 episodes. I'll tell you in one second exactly. We are, as of this recording, 1,429 episodes. Wow. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Because I think, I don't know when this show will be released, but we're recording it around the time that we're in the 70s. <laughs> and, right. you know, Wendy, my producer, and I, you know, it takes a lot to put a show out. Um, yes. And so... What was it like for you when you'd had this idea, I'm going to do a podcast? Did you know anything about podcasting? And how did you go about figuring all that out? Because there'll be other people listening or watching who might be in the same position right now. Yeah. So great question. And uh, I have had some great help, by the way. When I moved into the Mystic Manor in July 2019, 2019, my Dear friend, Dr. Erica Middlemiss stepped forward and started helping me with filming Tuesday and Thursday or recording Tuesday and Thursday episodes. So now I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She does Tuesday, Thursday, and they get a little dose of her very soothing voice and, uh, and you know, some female energy there. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm someone who you have sort of extremes in people sometimes where you, you, we all know the person who plans their whole life for their big launch on something. I've got this idea. And, you know, I, I think of a friend who's been producing music and getting the best gear possible and tweaking mm. the sound in the room for, you know, 15 years. Yeah. It's like, um, you might want to put something out at some point. <laughs> and then I have another friend who he just iterates, iterates, puts out, puts out, puts out, puts out, you know? And so I'm more like that end, I suppose I'm, you know, um, sort of, uh, uh, shoot ready aim sometimes. And that's what I did with the podcast. It's like, okay, perfect is the enemy of good enough. The great thing about this format it is that it's relatively raw. I mean, you and I are having a conversation right now. This is, you know, compared to optimistic, everything that, ha you know, the editing and cutting together and things, mm. it's, it's, it's not, I mean, there are simpler things for sure, but, you know, for compared to a lot, this is relatively simple to to podcast, and especially if you get good help, who helps with with the editing and all, and, and the pushing it out there and everything, um, like I have. So, so yeah, I I, I just uh, started. I just started doing it. I knew I knew I was lit up talking about this subject. So at first, I just started with doing interviews once a week, and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm. I'm the most obnoxious interviewee who has so much to say that I'm like, not, it's like, hold on, aren't you interviewing them, Brandon? Like, <laughs> so, so I, I then was did like, you, hang okay. on, did you get that feedback from the people you were interviewing or did you get I that feedback a, from the audience? I got it. I had an audience. I've, I've received some audience messages early on. Uh, Brandon, you are talking over the person too much. <laughs> you need to let them speak. And I'm like, Oh, you might be right. And so that's when I decided, let's just do five episodes a week. And I'll just turn on the mic each morning and see what comes out. And it's really interesting, as you know, when you set that intention, it's like the universe sort of would serve up things. Oh, wow. I, I had this realization yesterday or this great quote hit my hit me and smacked me in the face. And I'm like, oh, that's such a powerful realization and leads me to all these thoughts. And so I can talk about 
quotes alone I could talk about forever, you know, to inspire me, you know, as a, as a generator in human design, if I get a little bit of input, you know, I, I just will riff off of that in a million different ways. So it, it, it became apparent to me that I could do it and it's maybe not as intimidating as it sounds. And uh, I just started at first, I did have a co-host way back, Dalian, who would kind of be there to, to talk with, which made it easier. He ended up leaving then, you know, I, I started practicing talking to myself. That worked out okay. And I've just kept going ever since. And there's been different iterations. Now you have Erica who runs, you know, two days a week. And, um, but yeah, I think for people listening, you know, there, there there's a, I've always said, Lee, the only thing I'm really good at is telling stories about myself. You know, uh, abracadabra means, translates to I create as I speak. We're, as you know, we're, we're spelling, we're casting I didn't spells. know that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Because magic is like a really important thing in my life. Like it's, a, it's something that exists for me and it's something I work with. Abracadabra, I create as I speak. Uh, mm-hmm. I create as I speak. Ooh, abracadabra is the root, um, the root of abracadabra, which is, I create as a city. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, you know, I, I basically just, um, where was I going to go with that? Hmm. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. You were talking about having a co-host and then you, you were talking about storytelling being your gift. And that's kind of the thing that you're, you're best at. Yep. Yep. Uh, and where I was going to go with that, nobody knows, but I, I will just go in a different direction with it. So, you know, that's the thing I share the most. Oh, I know. I just remember. So a lot of times realize we're going to have to put a warning on the brand and drink. Yes, you are. <laughs> this drink it will energize you, but you know, we can't say where you're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> No one knows. So there's, it's easy to tell a story of I'm too late to podcasting. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, all of that. And totally. abracadabra, you know, here's the thing. There's, you're in your own, I'll give away the final key and in, in the golden key is master the universe, the Y-O-U universe. You are this lead actor, director, star of your own private movie. Everything is reflecting you back to you in some way. It's a prop in your movie. Lee is a prop in my movie. It's such a close vibrational match out of all the possibilities right now where we are connecting. And I would say the opposite is true. I am uh, I am created as a, an extension of your consciousness that's showing up looking and sounding like this for your amusement. And, uh, <laughs> and so when you start playing with the idea of like, I'm in my own private universe, of course I can make it. Of course I can do this. There's no one else here. It's all me reflecting me back to me. There is no out there out there. And so you know, that's the thing to anyone who's is excited about the idea of sharing in this way. It's such a wonderful way because there's a low threshold to entry. There's no shortage. To disregard any stories of, you know, I think of my entrepreneurial success. I achieved what one in 10,000 entrepreneurs set out to do as far as the level of success. If I had listened to the possibilities or the, the that statistical probability sounds highly unlikely, right? And yet I tell the story of my life is magic. I'm, there's enough room for all of us to have, you know, a, an incredible experience, this more abundant way of looking at uh, creation. And so, you know, perfect is the enemy of good enough. You know, st- if you want to do it, do it. You, you, you win automatically by taking the steps. And, and, and what's great about energy as Lee will definitely attest to is that which is likened to itself is drawn. You're going to, you're going to attract 
the perfect, um, an exact match for you. That may be one listener, but that who's to say that one listener is less important than my 15 million at this point or whatever. Like that, that could be the future Gandhi's grandmother that happens to tune into your vibrational offering. Now, who's more important, Gandhi or his grandmother who nurtured him and made him, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hmm, that's an interesting question. So I, I think that's really important. This, this day and age of get, we get so caught up in like comparison and the story that I spin around comparison instead of like, oh, I could never look at the league, look how successful he is with video production. And, you know, oh, I could never do that. Instead, I, I would tell the story of, oh, wow, I'm such a close vibrational match that I'm, a, I'm, I'm attracting this into my world in some way, shape or form. It's appearing on my Instagram feed, not because, not to say, oh, I'll never be that good looking or that capable or that successful. Oh, I'm so close to that, that out of all the things that could be in front of me, it's there. And just spinning it in that way is so empowering versus disempowering. It's it's the it's it's the difference between a separation perspective and a you know in, in a unification you know a community a community <laughs> get together and as we all remember who and what we actually are. And you know this is why I asked you to come and speak to the wonderful entrepreneurs that came out to my training a few years ago because you're you know just everything you've said is so true and and I would love to just add for anyone listening who resonates or is in that position where you have those small voices that are telling you why you shouldn't do it why you can't do it why you don't know how to do it you know I I I defy you to find any creator out there in the world who hasn't had those voices or isn't having them right now <laughs> because yep, yep. creating is healing. And so if you really, if you're really into self-growth, which I know probably most people watching or listening to us are going to be at some level, the way I really reframed my self-growth journey when I went from being uh, only a student of self-growth in my life to suddenly also sometimes being the teacher as well, was I realized that the role of becoming a sometimes teacher was actually uh, the biggest student journey I was undertaking because all of my own self-doubt, self-dislike, you know, dislike, all that stuff was going to butt up against the part of me that was willing to get on camera or willing to do the things I felt compelled to do because I thought this is what I'm here to put out into the world. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't like looking at myself. I don't like how I sound. All those don't likes were things I had to put in, in the right balance. That was kind of how I approached it. It's like, I probably never get rid of this, but if I can just move it over there enough that I can step forward, it's actually going to be very healing for me as well, because I will grow mm -hmm. through this journey. And I think if if we could just remember that as a creator, that you will not create anything that's transformative for you or the world without a little bit of sweat or discomfort or something along the way, because you're bringing a vibration of transformation through your own transformation as you create it. Oh, I love, I'm so glad you brought that point up because, you know, that's, if you listen to episode one of the Positive Head podcast, I say, you know, if one person benefits from this, I win. And I already know one person's going to benefit from it. Me. We teach best what we most need to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
so just doing it, you you are the creator and created rolled into one. You're going to find your greatest satisfaction being creative in some way, shape, or form. And of course, there's many, many ways to do that. Um, but yeah, just, just you know, if, if it scares you, if it excites you and it scares you, it's probably for you. That growth edge, you know, I think of one of the other, one of the four optimistic episodes that have been released. The other, um, one of the others is Matt Kahn. If you, mm. if you know Matt Kahn. And yeah, he, says, he came on, he came on our show a while ago. He was oh, really, really he's, sweet. He's, yeah. He's, so nice. He's, inc- he's incredible. Um, and he, he says, bleed on stage, you know, be willing to bleed on stage, push yourself to, you know, you, you only lose if you don't, don't try. That's the only way someone can lose. So, yeah. Well, interesting. We talked a little bit about, you know, you setting up the podcast. One of the things I was really struck by with Positive Head when I came on the show, uh, you have an amazing community. So the community around Positive Head have really taken ownership and uh, it's a tribe. And and I always, I always love seeing that because you you often don't I've done other things where you know there might be people listening or but but there was a very special community that gathered around positive head. Did, was that there from the beginning or did that evolve over time? I, I you know, a great question. I think it is a, was a reflection of my approach, which is yeah. wanting to include as much as possible. So Erica, for example, here's a great story speaking of can you or can't you do it? Erica, who, if you listen to on the Tuesday and Thursday episode, she's amazing at what she does. How did I meet Erica? She was a, she was listening to the podcast. She was a fan of the podcast. She reached out to me and said, hey, Brandon, I'd like to help you in some way. Yeah, I'm really busy. I'm sorry. No, just get, she was persistent. No, I'm coming to town. I'm going to be in town from Arizona. Just give me one hour. You know, and after a few very persistent uh, approach, okay, I, you know, I met her. I'm like, oh, I really like this. This woman is amazing. We have a kinship. Okay, you know, yes, you can help me with booking my guests. You know, she helped with booking the guests for a while. Then it was like, oh, I'm going to go out of town this week. Um, maybe, man, Eric, it's pretty amazing. We talk all the time. Hey, you want to step in and just fill in as host? You know, and sure, yeah, absolutely. Next thing you know, she's doing that regularly. Next, next thing you know, optimistic is happening. I need someone. It was just like this very organic, you know, integration from a listener to now co-host of the in the entire show. And then I had another listener, same thing, Alexa, who reached out and said, um, you know, I think it would be great to have a show that's um, highlighting the the uh, audience, what they're up to in the world. What are they working on? So, okay, great. You want to do that? Oh, Friday's P-Head Posse. Okay, let's bring on the, the positive head listener and what they're doing, you know, where they're at. And, you know, usually people, a lot of times people who are early on in their, their journey is, you know, going from a corporate job to whatever, you know, sort of um, healing modality or what have you. And it's awesome because it's including them in. You know, and so that was sort of my intention from, I've always enjoyed being generous. You know, it just feels good. It's in, it's in giving that we receive and, you know, when it feels right, when it's aligned. And so just sort of tapping into that part of my natural inclination. And, and, and I think that is part of the reason, you know, I'm, I'm very vulnerable and raw as well with things on the show. It's not, you know, what I love about you, Lee, is you're just so 
brilliant and humble. And I value that so much in people. You know, I, I've co- doing this a long time. I've had some amazing people on who I could not necessarily say humility is their strongest attribute, you know? And when I see that, it's like, ah, that's just like authentic power. It just feels so good. It's like, um, and, and so, you know, I really have strived to bring that. And I think that's, it's felt, I, I'm sure your listeners are just like, ah, oh, Lee's like the greatest human, you know, because you're authentically being hum- humble and you're not, you know, overly full of yourself. You, you, you get it. And so uh, I think that helps a lot too. Okay, so this is, uh, you know, this I wasn't going to go there, but yesterday I did an interview um, with a really wonderful woman in Sweden. Um, my book, Energy Speaks, is about to go into its sixth language. So I did this interview. And wow. The the, yeah, I'm so good. It's, it's lovely. So I did this interview with her in the morning for the book club that it's going to, that she is um, the head of. And at the end of it, she said the same thing to me. She said, I was curious to meet you, she said, because I always felt you were humble and and that's so true. And here's the weirdest thing about that. I always am very sad when I get that compliment. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because isn't that sad that we have to, that we have to, because I'm like you, when I first moved into um, the spiritual field and I went from being the person sitting in the chair at the workshop to suddenly being a speaker or, you know, over a period of years backstage, I had all of those don't meet your heroes moments where I couldn't understand how the person who wrote this book was so rude to the person who just brought us water or like, to me, I was like, I don't understand. So, so to me, if you really are living your spiritual life, the end result should be humble because we're all one and we're all connected. And I feel if you are fortunate enough to, like, I feel incredibly fortunate to be in this place in my life where I'm doing what I love doing. I'm no longer, I've done many jobs since I was 13. So I always find it slightly horrifying that we have this baseline of acceptance because the opposite of humble is not good, you know? <laughs> humble is relatable and we can connect with each other. But like you, I've had all those experiences, whether it's in the spiritual industry, the business field, the entertainment industry, or just life, because we're human at the end of the day. So I, I always find it sad for the person and sad for us as a world when somebody who is in the privileged position of having either success or whatever it is that they've manifested or just happened to them, you would hope that would have a positive effect on them. And it's horrifying to me when it's like an excuse for bad behavior. I just, yeah. So sorry, I had to go there because that's that's the synchronicity of what I was going through yesterday. Because it really, after the interview, I mean, I've heard that a million times and it kind of stayed with me. And I'm like, God, I wish, I wish that wasn't something that we even say to each other or, or have to qualify yeah. even though i i apologize because i know you were being nice about me so thank you but do you get yeah. what i mean yeah i totally get what you need, mean and you know i almost have an, such an aversion sometimes to the way it's like with the book you know I'm, I'm doing it out of the box for better or for worse i i just really value doing things a little bit different and so when i see the when i see patterns that are not necessarily the most you know beautiful 
part of our mankind's makeup. It just like, it just like tweaks me a little bit. And one of the things that, that bothers me a little bit is, you know, how in this um, day and age, it's like, so important how many followers you have or how many, you know, you know, it's like talking about downloads or, or all of that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And to be successful, it's just when that's put as means you're somehow, you know, it's a stack ranking that goes on in our society. And, and it's been interesting for me because I've got to feel it in, a, in an interesting way because I have this juxtaposition where I, I have a successful podcast, you know, probably top 5% of, you know, shows out there as far as size. And then I've never done much with social media or other things to a, to a, some would say to a fault. And it's like, so my social media following and stuff is pretty small because I just post pictures. Like the idea excites me to show my like neighbor taking out the trash. Like, Hey, I just captured a uh, bill taking out his <laughs> trash again. You know, just like, what's the opposite of the flowery posts that, you know? And so, but it's interesting because you get into this stack ranking where people are like, oh, okay, well, let's see how many followers does he has? Does this, does what, how can I benefit? And then they make the determination if they want to do something with you or not. And it's like, how do we just like, you know, only lift the more successful you get. Now you only talk to people as equal or more mm-hmm. with their impact. And it's kind of like, it's kind of put this thing in me, Lee, if I'm fortunate enough to continue to expand my reach and, and, and get a bigger and bigger reach, um, you know, doing this work. I, I've thought about, I, I literally fantasize about like optimistic, for example, like I'm booking someone and someone really big reaching out and saying, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you're too big for my show. I like to feature like up and comers and just like lifting people up instead of, you know, okay, now you're in the cool guy club and, you know, you're big enough and we can just, you know, use each other to, 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 to get bigger. And yeah. And you, you hopefully see that. that makes sense. No, it completely. I mean, it, I, I, I can't speak for our viewers and listeners, but for me, it totally makes sense because there is a kind of club and you see it and, um, and, and you see it out there. You know, I often see it with authors, you know, it's like, you, you know, the same authors review certain authors books. And so you yep. get familiar um, and I've been asked to review some books and I've actually said, I'm afraid I can't read the book. And it's been offered to me that someone could write the sentence for me. And I've said no, because it doesn't, it feels odd. Yep. It just doesn't yep. feel very truthful. And, um, yep. but I, but I, I, in listening to you, I feel that we're not there yet. Like, I love what you're saying and I agree with you, but as a world, we're not there yet. And I feel like where we're at right now is a stepping stone because when we grew up, media of any form, whether it was spirituality media or entertainment media, and and to some degree business. I mean, entrepreneurs have been around for a long time, but there were limits to what you could do, certainly pre the internet. So I feel like we're in that stepping stone where some of the same value system is still applied and it's still in our conditioning and it's still in our minds and but we are at least stepping into the possibility that you too could, you know, be a, let's mm-hmm. just say, best-selling author, whatever. And, and the yep. beauty in my experience when you have those moments of like ticking that box is honestly, you kind of go, oh, oh, that is that all that is? Like, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no like miraculous feeling that comes over you unless it was some kind of goal for you for some healing reason. And, yeah. and you start to see, oh, that, that isn't what matters. You know, what matters is how connected we are to ourselves, to our lives, to the others in our lives. And the rest becomes periphery detail 
unless of course you're struggling like if you're if you're in survival mode or some part of the system or your life or finance has really got you up against the wall that's really tough and that's that that then becomes the goal to get out of that but when you get out of that the rest kind of is just decoration yeah and they've shown that you know someone who you know is for example, get, gets in a bad accident and is handicapped, crippled. Three yeah. years later, they're or something like that. I might not be exact, but they're reset to their they're equally as happy as they were. You know, it's mm. like the bar moves. <laughs> you know, so mm. a lot of times that's why you see these people really wealthy. They're just like, you know, equally miserable to someone who may be struggling just in a better part of town. And you know, totally. Jim Carrey, I think of him. He says, um, you know, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so they could see it's not where it's at. He also said the greatest currency is the impact that you have on others. And yeah. so you start to understand, okay, well, it's not where it's, I'm not going to find my happiness or fulfillment, you know, at a million followers and I'm not, you know, and, and wow, I have the ability now to generate currency all around me, abundance all around me in this form of, you know, lifting others up, it becomes, that becomes such a incredibly positive feedback loop that just opens up so much that we can't even, we couldn't have calculated. It's interesting too, with the whole followers thing. I, I, I don't read many comments online these days. I used to read them more, but I found it's not helpful uh, because, you yeah. know, it, it just, it, it doesn't necessarily enhance your relationship with your work. I, I do with my portal community or slightly smaller groups we might do for workshops. But I did see a comment a little while ago. Someone was uh, kind of nicely telling me off <laughs> in a way um, about <laughs> the fact that I had asked people to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, and his perception was that I was doing it because I wanted more followers. And he was saying, can't you just trust that people will find you? Now, I'm not about to reply to him and explain to him how that whole system works, because unless you're in it, you don't know. But, you know, my social media manager, uh, Nick, who's wonderful, has had worked on me for months to get me to the point where I would start saying that because, you know, we invest a lot of time, energy and, and money. Like none of my free stuff is free. Uh, nobody yep. works for free in my company and I pay my people well. So, yep. you know, if, if someone subscribes, what it does when you're a non-sponsored show like we are, is it helps the reach and it helps. So, so yep. my intent is I don't care if we have, you know, 10 times the followers now or so long as we're all able to do what we do for a living and we're happy and aligned with what we're doing and we're serving, then I'm like, well, that's it. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else that you could possibly want. Um, and having subscribers and followers in those metrics because of the way that, for example, YouTube or Facebook will mess about with their own algorithms now, it's important. But you can't necessarily explain that to someone who isn't working in and, and, yep. and doesn't need to understand it the way you do. But I also think it's interesting that the perceptions that we can all have of each other. I think that's one of the tricky things about being out there on the internet, because you're not going to stop to explain to every commenter what their objection is. That How have you found that with the whole mm. feedback loop of comments and social media? Mm -hmm. And where are you at with that? It's a great point. I'm so glad that you made that because let me be clear, 
I, I would love to have a hundred million followers, right? There's nothing intrinsically wrong with, with that. It's mm. when all of someone's worth is, mm. is defined through it. You know, that's the thing that, that just kind of trips me up a little bit. It's like how people just like, uh, if you've, you're this, then I look at you this way. And if it's like, I, I, I want to look at, I, I have, I could go two directions right here. I could, I could speak to your question and also share a great story that just happened to me that I feel like might've been an angelic encounter to kind of sh- shed some light on this, how we judge people based off of appearance. And um, so I'll, I'll quickly answer the story, your question, and then um, I'll share The that. story so has more happen. energy, Brandon. So don't feel yeah, beholden. Okay, okay. If, okay, if you okay, want to okay, go okay, with yeah. the story, you lit up. Yeah. 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 So I want to go with the story and I'll say that I give very little attention to comments and things like that. And as a result, perhaps that's why very little negative has crossed my mm-hmm. path. Not to say it hasn't. I, I have a private Facebook group, you know, 10,000 or so people, positive heads. And we've had some people in there a few times that have done some disruptive things. But for the most part, it's been, I f- feel unscathed. Although most of my listeners are people that are tuning into what I do are coming through audio podcast where they're listening in their car via, you know, a podcast app and there's no way to comment the same way you've got this much bigger YouTube following where it's like all, you know, people are commenting. So you're probably more exposed in that way. Um, so let me share this story because it was great. The, the other day I was going with my partner to get some lunch here in, in Venice, which is if you've ever been um, it's very eclectic. It's, you know, all the things at once. There's a lot of spiritual energy here. There's, you could have an incredible spaceship-esque looking mansion like the Mystic Manor next to a house that looks like it's time to be torn down. And then there's a lot of people experiencing homelessness. It's just all the things yeah. in one place. And so we're going to get um, some a bite to eat. And we walk, we, we drive by this um this guy walking and he was just in tattered clothes and he was walking. It was so dramatic. It was like a zombie, you know, like you'd see the zombie gate walking, you know, it's like walking. It's like, and his energy was just so intense. And we're like, wow, you know, check this out. Like, and I instantly found myself kind of in that moment of which I'm typically, you know, I, I, I think when I see this sort of thing, like, Oh, this is God and drag experiencing, you know, this sort of, you know, experience. Wow. What an incredibly interesting thing and choice and brave choice. But in this moment, it just kind of hit me in a way where I was like, oh, that must be so challenging and hard. And like, oh, the what mental strife is this person under to have let, you know, turned into like what looks like and feels like a zombie walking down the road. And so we talked about it, me and my partner, talk, we talked about it for a few minutes. And then we got sat uh, on the sidewalk, um, you know, because COVID, not going in the restaurant. And so we're sitting there and 10 minutes or so later, the, the guy catches up to where we're sitting. You know, I'd forgotten now, you know, we had our conversation about him and, and he, all of a sudden I look to my right and he's standing there just staring at me, you know, three feet from my table and, and just clear as a bell his face like just very clear and lucid and present and he looked at me goes hey how you doing and i'm like uh i'm doing good how are you he goes oh i'm doing just fine and he winked at me and kept on going and it felt like what just happened it's like i'm fine how are you why are you you know 
of course, there's no way he, we were in my car driving by him. He didn't know what would, went down at least. Well, that's maybe he did. who knows it was. Yeah. It was just, it was the feeling with it and everything. It's like, I had someone on the show years back who, um, his gift was seen in perceiving people's higher selves. And he said he would always walk around San Francisco where there's a lot of homelessness and he would send love. people love as he's walking by them. And he said, one day, um, all of a sudden the person's higher self appeared and says, do I look like I need that from you or want that? And it's like, it, it was really a, quite a moment for him. And I'm like, oh yeah, whose karma am I getting in the way of? Like this soul is very capable and knows what it's doing. It's, it's mm -hmm. exactly what this soul needs. And so, yeah. So those two together really kind of helped. It, it was just like a exclamation point on that story. I, I heard, you know, years earlier on my show and it was just such a powerful, palpable experience, you know, feeling this person's, or this angel's uh, energy in that moment, you know, it's, it's divine. Well, Mr. Brandon Beecham, I think it's time we talk about the golden key because as you told us earlier, it's kind of like your greatest hits in a way of your own kind of seeking. And it's, I love how short it is, for example, um, not just the audio book being three hours, but you said it's about a hundred pages. Yep. But, Tell us how you're gifting that to the world, because that's what I, I love the way you're doing it. Yeah. So let's see here. I, I always knew. I mean, that was actually the first thing when I was a child. I said, I want to be a writer when I grow up. And I had something that was published when I was very eight years old or something. And, and so it was just kind of like something early on. I really had an affinity for it. And then, you know. Fast forward, I, I always knew, I actually started writing a book before launching the podcast and I decided, you know what, maybe this isn't the time. It didn't feel like, you know, after almost completing it with a friend, um, I decided to kind of put that on the shelf and I was like, I know I'll write in the future. I'm going to wait until I'm really inspired to put something out. And I started the podcast. And so fast forward to you know, August 6th, uh, 2020, I, I had this vivid dream of sort of the, the, the premise of the book and what it would be about. And, you know, the golden key, modern alchemy to unlock infinite abundance is uh, the subtitle. And so this, this book all about abundance and what, what, what truly is abundance. You know, I, I say at the front of the book, if you're coming to, um, you know, learn how to invest in cryptocurrency or switch to Geico and save $300 a year. This isn't the book for you. This is about the root of abundance. And especially in the new world that is emerging uh, currently, as we touched on a bit earlier in the shifts that are happening energetically on the planet. And so I had this dream and I, and also was like this idea around, okay, let's practice what you preach and actually be abundant and gift the book to people. And then let's create a, a gaming, a gamification, you know, in, in true playful, you know, style. I, like, oh, well, if we can gamify it, what I'll do is I'll gift it to people, the audio or ebook, and, and allow others to do the same when you have a code to do it. And then if you're inspired at the end of the book and you want to come back and um, pay something for the book, any amount of your choosing, um, and, and something, there's something really powerful about not being required to pay for something and opting to do it, right? It's like, it's, you're really tapping into that abundant energy in that moment. Like I, I get to do this because I am so abundant and it's not required of me. So I wanted to capture that feeling as a, as a part of it. And then we'll use whatever the people who play this golden game at the end, as I put it, we'll, we'll they'll, they'll 
they'll put whatever you know monetary currency let that flow into this game and use that as a seed to sprout into greater abundance in whatever form you know it could be monetary it could be relationships it could be new job it could be wisdom it could be health you know all of the many forms of abundance so we'll use this as a seed and we'll, then we'll play do exercises over you know uh x period of time and and see what sort of abundance manifests for people and so yeah that that sort of basic idea came in a dream i got up and was lit up about it so i knew there was something to it i felt you know just so energized and and so you know i started thinking well what would i call this book and it, you know, that's when the, the name, the golden key came up that, that wasn't shown in the dream. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone's used this name. So I searched it. And the first thing that came up was a essay written in 1931 uh, by a guy named Emmett Fox. Have you ever heard of Emmett Fox? No. He was new thought leader, kind of bridging this, you know, this sort of uh, spiritual concepts with Christianity, uh, you know, 100 years ago. And here's the golden key. And he's like, look, I'm, I, he spoke about it or the Amazon description spoke about it in a very similar way. Like, don't take my word for this. Just try it and see for yourself. And it was like very like inviting and playful and gamified feeling. And I'm like, this is it, you know? And um, so I ended up, that's how I, I landed on the name. And we, we released it a couple months ago now. And it's so fun to see. We've had, you know, a thousand or so people create codes to then turn around and share with others. And, you know, everyone, yeah, that's, that's sort of, you can, you can, if you want the paperback, you pay for that, but audio or ebook, you just need a code, um, from, from a friend or someone, you know, and, uh, and, you can, as you said, you know, it's really, what's great is it's really distilled into three hours or so of, you know, I can, as you can see, be very verbose. So it was great to, luckily my, my partner is a speech therapist. She just graduated with her master's and we're like yin and yang where that's concerned. She's super concise. So she helped me with editing. She's like, you know, <laughs> at the very front of the book, it says, shout out to my partner in time, Karen, <laughs> for helping to distill my infinite perspectives because she's like, this is great, Brandon. She started calling me the, the uh, what was her nickname for me? Like the master of embedded clauses. Because I'll start right. something and I'll like, then throw a story in the middle of it. But then there's a story in the middle of it. And then, and that's great talking. You can get away with that more. But you start writing and it's a whole different animal, you know. That's because you talk fluent visionary, baby. That's why you, you, you're, a, you're a visionary through and through. And visionary is, is it's that shiny objects. And, you know, it's like, because it's, it's multidimensionally all available at once. So it's kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I know when I'm in visionary mode, <laughs> that's not the time for me to try and execute a plan. It's like, okay, let it come in. And then I, then I need yep. to ground and bring in my practical side to kind of, you know, make, make stuff happen. One, one addition to that too, uh, I've, I've failed to mention there. So then what I've done is, so anyone like, if, if you guys go, anyone listening, you feel inspired to download the audio or ebook with, um, with the code that we're going to give you here, then if afterwards you decide to play the golden game, you can also, the other option you have is to, to um, when you create your own code, we're basically, I wanted to practice what I preach and share the financial abundance that flows into the game. So half of that just goes back to all the people that are sharing codes and playing. So you start giving codes out and, and really it's more symbolic than anything. You know, I don't know of if course. anyone's going to get super wealthy from it. Maybe so. Right. But it's like just symbolically, it's like, I, I wanted to just, you know, here, let me, let me give it back and share the abundance with everyone who's playing. So that's, that's a part of it too. 
I love it. And we're going to put the, um, for anyone listening or watching, the the link to find this will be in the show notes. And we're also going to be displaying it on the screen around about maybe now. Um, thank you to our wonderful editor, Rebecca, in France. So um, Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Brandon, we're going to wrap up here. But um, before we go, it has been awesome. I you You put such a smile on my heart whenever I'm around you. We've probably only... Been, to, been in each other's orbit maybe, I don't know, eight, nine times. But every time you you just put such a big smile on my heart and I adore you and I adore your energy. Um, mm. But I'm like, curious. That, that's likewise. Thank Very you. much. I, I connect with so many people and you are one of those people where I'm just like, ah, that guy's got it figured out. It's just like, you're just so lovable. It's You're incredible. There must be some chemical thing between, you know, there must be that, chem, you know, when that chemistry fits, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, as soon as I'm with you, just something in my heart starts smiling. Likewise. Whatever past lives we had, I'm sure some, I'm sure, I'm sure a whole lot of stuff went, went down. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. But with, with where we're just kind of coming through this this period that we're we're recording this probably a few months before it comes out we're on april 7th today um Mm -hmm. you know we've we've been through this lockdown covid experience now for just over a year at this point i'm curious like what do you feel for your future year ahead and obviously there are many unknowns around what we you know what what things are going to be like in the coming months but if we could just kind of put logic aside for a moment and hear from you as a visionary, like what are you most excited mm. about that might be new? Because obviously all the things you have going on are, are great. And what would you like to bring in or create in your next year or experience mm. that, that that comes through you now at this moment? Mm, 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 mm. I love that question. You know, what excites me the most is the the opportunity to empower others. And I tell the story of the, the caterpillar's journey to the butterfly at the beginning of the Golden Key. And I, I imagine you may have heard it and some of your listeners may have heard it, but I'll, I'll give a quick abbreviated version. The caterpillar... Um, you know, starts out and it it's pretty destructive. It just eats everything in its path. I was telling my mother the story and I had to listen to her, you know, uh, whine about her geraniums for about five minutes when I started telling her this story. You're right, my geraniums, they've been so perfect for years and the caterpillars <laughs> got them. And so, you know, it just destroys, you know, things. It's it's eating, you know, and, and with no consideration. And then at some point, the Imagine L cell, this Imagine L cell will pop up within the, the, the caterpillar. And the caterpillar, it's an invader. It's like the caterpillar cells are like, we don't recognize this, kill it. And, and it does. But then another Imagine L cell, and then another Imagine L cell. And after a while, there's so many Imagine L cells, they start working together. And this is when the tide turns in the caterpillar. The, the, at this point, the caterpillar uh, cells themselves start to melt down into a goo. It goes into this, the chrysalis and all of the pain and destruction that the caterpillar precipitated now becomes a fuel, a food. That goo feeds the imaginal cells, which hold the, all the blueprint for the butterfly. And, you know, just when the caterpillar thinks its world's over, it becomes a butterfly. And it all came from the pain that came before it. And so I've been saying, you know, we're, we've been in the COVID chrysalis and we're coming out of this. 
And, you know, yes, it's been challenging. Yes, it's been hard. And you're becoming a butterfly. And as I step into my own butterflyness more and more, the, the excitement of just helping people to see that perspective and to cross over the bridge of, you know, if, if I can do it, if Lee can do it, you can do it. We all have, there's never been someone more worthy in all of eternity than you who are listening to this. Literally, if you look at it, 14 billion years or so of physical evolution, they think of the, 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 the known universe, to come to the moment of you. You're the evolutionary tip of the sphere. You know, the last 400 years, you have like 2,000 grandparents. You know, all the pain, hardship, heartache that happened for you to exist. You are your ancestor's dream come true. So whenever you doubt yourself, for me, you ask that question, the, my highest excitement, I don't, I don't care in what form. How can I share that message more and more? Like, mm. you are it. It is there waiting for you to stretch those wings that might be a little, you might be a little off balance at first. And just we're, we're in such an incredible time to be alive. And the fact that you are here is a testament to your worthiness to, to be a part of this next phase where you want to know what your outcome is going to be in the new world that's emerging. Look at the root intention. What is the intention? And, it, you know, Gandhi said, if you, you want to find yourself, lose yourself in service of others. The reason mm -hmm. I believe that holds true is because there are no others. So it's just like, it's like waiting to, you be like an excited child looking for the breadcrumbs leading you to your, your path that no one is more perfectly suited for than you. And what you seek is seeking you. So you get into that state. And, you know, when you ask me that question, sharing that general message is far and wide. I'll write a book. I'll do a podcast. I'll maybe rent a plane with the message coming behind it. I mean, whatever I can do, because I'm selfish. It's the good kind of selfish. If I help you to remember, all that goodness comes back to me. And hmm. so uh, I'll, I'll add one last piece to that. So, you, you know, I, I believe you're friends with Mike Dooley. We talked about this yes, once before. Yes. So I love his notes from the universe. And um, I've said for years that, you know, I, I have this feeling when we get to the other side, we, you know, um, this vision of, oh, there's going to be a party with every character who's ever been in my life will be there to celebrate my life. And, and the other day he had a note from the universe that was basically that. It was like, you're going to get there and you know who's going to take the podium? Everyone that you ever impacted and those you don't know you impacted and those that those people impacted as a result of you. And that's, you know, going to be your celebration party on the other side. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm all I'm doing is working towards that party. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the good kind of selfish. It's like, I want to have a great celebration and, and it's, it's, uh, and I want to remind you that you can do the same. And we, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. That's really mm my highest excitement. Perfect ending to an episode of Impact the World, where our motto is that we're all impacting the world all the time in ways that we possibly have no idea about, and sometimes in ways that we are creating to consciously impact the world in a positive way. So... Brandon, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Lee. Selfishly, this was a total pleasure for me, and I'm I'm sure uh, I'm sure many people will will resonate with many of the things that you've said and your energy and what you're doing. And thank you for doing what you do and being alive at the same time. It just makes mm. me happy to know you're out there. You are a beautiful reflection, my friend. And keep on keeping on with what you're doing. And I just look forward to 
the next time our paths cross, I'm sure it will be equally magical. Absolutely. Well, big love and thank you to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, you can check the show notes for all links to Brandon's work, Positive Head podcast, and also his new book, The Golden Key. Take care until next time, everyone. Journey well, everyone. Welcome to Transmissions 2021. We are bringing Transmissions back this summer because last year when we first presented it, it was not only our most popular offering ever, we had several thousand of you join us from around the world. It was a way that I and my team could bring some of the energy of Soul Magic, our annual retreat, to you in the comfort of your own home, more affordably and with no limit on how many people we could serve. So Transmissions is a metaphysical, intuitive and self-growth deep dive to allow you to cultivate more energy for your life and for you to bring to the world. The themes for this year are going to be joy, healing, expression, freedom and magic. The way that these topics are explored is through five live broadcasts where I will not only teach intuitively, but I will channel my guides the Z's. We provide transcripts, audio downloads of each session. There is an energy blueprint that you will receive ahead of the course starting where I write a document basically that I channel about what energies we're going to be cultivating, looking at, moving, releasing. We also have several supplemental materials and videos from members of my team. So there are meditations, there are videos that help you support yourself as you go through a journey like this. We also have the private members forum, which is away from social media, so you can privately share and discuss with all other members of the course. The final element of our transmissions courses is the music album that Devorbozik and I create. This is both spoken word and music, and it's five 10-minute tracks. You may have seen that we've just publicly released last year's album, which we created for course members. So you can stream that right now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. But for this year, we will exclusively be bringing you Transmissions Volume 2, which will be available this year only to course members. So we invite you to check out the course page, read more details, and if it resonates for you to join us for Transmissions 2021, we would love to welcome you aboard.